Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Coffee's coming. Team, uh, today we are going to talk about an arrangement, and I'm going to use that term very, very loosely for reasons we're going to come to understand. It's an arrangement between two groups, and I'll occasionally refer to them as groups, or if I lose my concentration, I might refer to them as families. But what we have in essence is one group, thank you very much, one group who uh, is the owner of uh, a piece of land and that owner within the same group leases the land to a company for the purpose of that comp company operating a motel on the land. So we've got a motel. The other group um, includes a person who's been related to this group for a while, has done some farming work for them and that sort of thing, and essentially has been sort of related to the family, doing a little bit of work over time. Now this group had bought the land in about 2010, did some refurbishments, and as part of the group, as part of that family, start running the hotel. Now at some time after the commencement of that relationship, we have this other group who are sort of asked to come in and they, this other group, start doing some work for the motel themselves. Coffee's arrived. Coffee spilled on my tie. So it's good, it's a ticking tick tick bike boxes there. Luckily we've got a serviette to hand. But we have these two groups, right? And we have a very informal arrangement. And what happens over time is that the ownership group, who we might call group A, uh, are less in contact with the running, with the day-to-day -day running of the business than is the uh, sort of working group, if we'll call them that, group B. And group, 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 group B engages in the day-to-day -day workings of the motel and buzzes along. And group B includes a person who also runs some other businesses on the side, including some accommodation nearby the motel, um, where people sometimes come to stay as well. Now, that person in group B gets an FTPOS machine and as part of that FTPOS machine, runs transactions related to their businesses. So they sell fruit and vegetables, they uh, do some accommodation for themselves and they put these transactions through their FTPOS machine, their, their point of sale, put your card in here, give it a blip and make a payment using your debit card or your credit card. Now, uh, over time, uh, Group B come to also use that FTPOS machine for the benefit of the motel as well. So there are transactions running through this one single FTPOS machine. Some of them relate to the motel and some of them relate to the other Group B persons, sort of other side businesses, side hustles, if we're going to put it that way on the side. Now, time passes and sadly, the relationship between Group A and Group B comes to break down. But what I haven't told you is that part of this very loose arrangement, which had no documentation or anything like that, included that uh, in time, Group B would purchase the land from Group A, and so Group B essentially would be the only relevant person in relation to the land, the motel, or anything like that, and Group A would essentially cash out their interest in the motel. And so, um, there was a time during the management of the motel that Group A stopped payments being made on account of the motel work that Group B were doing on the basis, this is all very loose and not well documented, and not well understood indeed by any of the parties, but on the apparent basis that, yeah, yeah, we won't pay you now, but the non-payments you're getting for the work you're doing now will eventually come to be credited against the purchase price for when you come to become the owner of the motel and the land associated with it. This is what the parties sort of had vaguely in their heads, 
um, but didn't sort of reach a concluded agreement about. And so time passes. Now, uh, in relation to these FTPOS payments and some other payments as well, uh, Group A comes to lose enthusiasm for the idea of selling the land and in early 2020 says, all right, I'm not going to go ahead with this sale. By about July 2020, which will be two or three months into the COVID uh, pandemic for anyone doing the sums in their heads or flicking through their calendar, um, what uh, happens is Group A causes Group B to be evicted physically from the motel as well. So they are removed and it goes without saying that the relationship descends from there. Now, uh, what is left then is a bit of arguing uh, about the relevant rights and the relevant payments that ought to be made as a result of this arrangement sort of falling apart. Now, essentially, we have Group A claiming some payments and Group B claiming some payments. And that is the issue that is before the court that we're here talking about right now. And so the court has to sit down and say, all right, um, this party is claiming a certain number of payments. That party is claiming a certain number of payments. What are we going to do about it? So if we take Group B first, Group B say, hey, we want our deposit back for in relation to buying the land and buying the motel. And Group B also say, hey, we want our non-payments for all this work we did. In relation to the non-payments for work and the deposit, uh, the court essentially says, well, there's no real defence that Group A have been able to uh, muster in relation to those claims. And so the court says, yeah, that's fine. Group B, you should be paid back your sums from Group A. Now, Group A say, hey, you know, what about this FTPOS machine? And they make claims about other payments, a number of which don't come through. We'll come to the reason for that shortly. But the big claim they make is like, hey, there have been hundreds of thousands of dollars pumped through this FTPOS machine. Um, we want it. <laughs> that was a, a sort of some form of breach of duty. And when I say some form, that's the challenging position the court has to come to. Because initially we have Group A saying, hey, Group B were our agents in what they were doing. Uh, and the court finds, no, the law of agency didn't apply here. Then there's a suggestion there might be a constructive trust or some equitable rights as well. And the court finds, no, um, the law of equity, uh, uh, sorry, e equity doesn't apply. And the common law will be good enough to deal with um, the issues here uh, because equitable remedies don't arise, including a constructive trust, to take an example. Uh, the court also finds that there's no partnership, there's no joint venture uh, sort of element here. It is a mere uh, contractual, a loose contractual arrangement where there's sort of an agreement for Group B to do some work and sort of an agreement that Group B will sort of manoeuvre itself into a position to come to buy the land and motel from Group A over time. And that means, the court says, there's no fiduciary duty, there's no account for profits question, there's no breach of duty question that arises in relation to this money. And also the court has difficulty because there's not a lot of arithmetical evidence. There's not a, lot of, not a lot of evidence in relation to what actual transactions took place in relation to this FPOS machine. And so the court, speaking loosely and with great respect, exercises what might even be thought of as the wisdom of Solomon and sort of says, well, a fair outcome is that Group A should uh, get half of the money that went through that FPOS machine. And uh, so Group B is obliged to pay that. Now, what is uh, interesting, and as an external observer, there's a degree of frustration to this as well, um, is that the amount that party A, or group A, is ordered to pay to group B is about, uh, just about $105,000. The amount that group B is ordered to pay group A is about $132,000, something like that. So there's only about $27,000 difference. And the court also says that it would be inclined 
to make an order that each party bear their own costs, so no one's paying anyone else's legal costs, is the court's preliminary position, depending on any submissions the parties might make about it. So if an order of that kind were made, um, we find a sort of big protracted dispute um, that essentially arrives at the parties being $27,000 difference, and with great respect to the parties and without wishing to be flippant, um, probably wishing they'd got some legal advice about documenting their arrangement at some earlier phase in the proceedings. Hope that assisted you, and I look forward to speaking again soon over another coffee, and in respect of another case note. Cheers.